Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is November 2nd. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over quite a bit of news. The first of that being the NFL trade deadline. There's a lot of relevant points here, a lot of exciting points when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. We're also going to be talking a little bit about uh, what happened last week in the Dolphins' victory against the Detroit Lions. But to get right into it, this was one of the more exciting NFL trade deadlines we've had in quite a bit of time. The NFL trade deadline has always kind of fallen behind in terms of the other trade deadlines of major sports like basketball and baseball. But on this one in particular, maybe it's because it has a lot of relevancy to the Dolphins. I thought this one was a pretty exciting one. We saw guys like Calvin Ridley get shipped off to Jacksonville. We saw uh, TJ Hawkinson uh, get traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Naheem Hines got traded to the Bills in exchange for Zach Moss. But perhaps the most exciting trade had to deal with the Miami Dolphins, and it was them acquiring just an absolute stud, an elite player, that being edge rusher Bradley Chubb from the Denver Broncos. And it was a pretty significant deal because the Dolphins in that trade gave up a first-round pick, uh, the first-round pick they had from the San Francisco 49ers, and then they also gave up uh, a fourth-round pick in 2024 and running back Chase Edmonds. In exchange, they will get Bradley Chubb and a 2025 fifth round pick. So a big deal to look at this just off the rip. The first thing that just smacks you right in the face is the Dolphins are all in on Tua Tungavailoa. They are giving up a first round pick. If there was any sort of doubt that he wasn't the guy, that was all removed. And I think a lot of us were already kind of at that point where we acknowledged that. But if there were any people that were kind of on the fence or trying to be, uh, you know, contrarians, it's all but, you know, uh, put to rest at this point. Whether Tua Tungavailoa ends up guiding the team to the promised land, it seems to be the Dolphins at least believe that he is the guy to do it. So to me, this trade just says the Dolphins are are all in on this. Uh, Bradley Chubb, if we look at him as a player, very physically imposing. His main issue, if I kind of have to bring up one of them, is that he has had to deal with a ton of injuries in 2019. He missed a good portion of the season when he partially tore his ACL. And then back in 2021, uh, he was put on the injury reserve list for quite a significant amount of time with an ankle injury. And it was actually this season that he strung together kind of his best moment in these eight games so far this season with the Denver Broncos where it's just like, okay, yeah, this guy could be elite as long as he's able to just stay healthy. The guy is only 26 years old. He was in the final year of his contract. So if we're looking at it from the perspective of the Denver Broncos, I mean, their team is kind of sputtering out of control. A lot of that hinges on the massive deal that uh, they gave to Russell Wilson. So maybe from their perspective, uh, you know, getting a pretty significant, uh, significant haul in a guy that was likely going to leave the team anyway, from their perspective, I'm sure they're happy with that. But the Dolphins get a guy who could push them into the brink of at least winning a playoff game. And I say at least because I know beggars can't be choosers. A lot of us hope that we could, uh, you know, make a strong push for the Super Bowl. But at this point, at least go out there and win a playoff game because the Dolphins' last playoff win came in that 2000 season, a time where my brother was barely born. He was a year old. The guy just graduated from college. So, 
uh, you know, making a move uh, to really make a strong push to just being competitive in the postseason is something that I'm very much in favor for. Something that I kind of talked about a lot last season was at some point the Dolphins as an organization, we're going to have to look at this from the perspective of, okay, all these prospects, all the draft capital we had, all these young players, that's all cool in the moment. But at some point, you have to take that approach where Parades are more important than prospects. I think the Dolphins are kind of at that point right now where we're seeing the kind of the culmination of all these young players and all the draft capital turn into success immediately. I think the Dolphins feel ready that, okay, maybe even if it isn't this year that they're making a strong push, it's going to be next year or at most a year after. Success is on the brink for this team and they recognize they have to go out there and chase it immediately. So I'm all in favor of this move. I think it's it's one that could be very exciting. The Dolphins will have to work on getting a, a long-term deal situated with Bradley Chubb. As I mentioned, he's in the last year of his contract. So, of course, if you trade for him, that is kind of the preconceived idea that you're not just going out there and getting a rental, that they're getting a guy that they could have for a significant amount, a, a significant amount of time and pairing him alongside another very young, talented guy in Jalen Phillips over there on the edge. That could be quite an exciting tandem over there. Now, if we look at the Dolphins' defense, defense and how this could improve what they have going on here. I mean, the Dolphins defense is not elite. And uh, for the past couple years with Brian Flores, the defense was very much elite. Now, it's hard to say that this season. There are different areas that you can point to and say that's the biggest glaring need. The one that I was kind of pointing to recently was the secondary with all of those injuries that were happening. But don't get it twisted. The Dolphins have had, uh, you know, a pretty severe need uh, to create pressure. That's been one area they definitely could improve on. And and while I do think that secondary is kind of hanging on by a thread, I must acknowledge, at least recently, they've kind of been doing a pretty decent job at it. Maybe the return of Byron Jones will help them, uh, you know, bolster that unit up a little bit. And of course, there is kind of this symbiotic, mutualistic effect. When you have good pressure that's being created, that is also going to help your secondary look a little bit better. So maybe if they have, you know, a very imposing front here for the Dolphins and they're getting pressure along the edges with Jalen Phillips, with Bradley Chubb, that's going to take some of that pressure off a secondary that may be feeling a little bit, uh, you know, lackluster because of those injury woes. But regardless of that, given the player that Chubb is, given the chance that you have a potential to keep him here long term and that he may not have even hit his peak yet, that is all very appealing and all should be things that we're excited about as Dolphin fans. I'm just happy to say, I think the Dolphins are making a very strong push and it looks like this might be the season that we see a win in the playoffs, which is saying a lot. I mean, the last time that happened, I was only five years old and I am now 28. So hopefully this is the move uh, that pushes us over the edge. Now, this wasn't the only move the Miami Dolphins made uh, this trade deadline. The Dolphins also elected to bring in running back Jeff Wilson in a trade with the San Francisco 49ers. They get him in exchange for a 2023 fifth round pick. So they're not giving up a whole lot here in exchange for Jeff Wilson. And really, it was a shame, I thought, when uh, the, the 49ers got Christian McCaffrey in terms of Jeff Wilson's production because he wasn't playing bad by any means. He has been the guy that whenever there are injuries, and trust me, if you look at San Francisco and you play fantasy football, you're well aware their guys are 
constantly going down. And whenever it was Jeff Wilson's turn to serve as the lead back, he did a very, very good job doing so. And this year, he was averaging over five yards a carry. And even though Christian McCaffrey, uh, one of the more, if not the most talented running back in football right now, uh, you know, he was obviously going to be the guy and he was obviously going to be uh, phenomenal over there when he was plugged into this offense. Jeff Wilson was not doing bad. And to me, it was a shame that his role was going to be stripped away from him. And I really wanted to see what he could do with another team. But I will admit, I was not expecting the Dolphins to go out here and be the ones to bring him in. And when they traded Chase Edmonds uh, to the Denver Broncos as part of that package, it made a little bit more sense. So uh, before we talk a little bit about Jeff Wilson, when it comes to Chase Edmonds, the guy was, you know, kind of a jukebox of a player. He was able to be shifty, bounce around uh, laterally a lot. And to me, that seemed very exciting. But for whatever the reason was, it just wasn't working out with the Dolphins. He couldn't get anything going. It seemed like every carry or touch that was given to him instead of Raheem Mostert was kind of a waste of a carry. And Raheem Mostert, by all accounts, has looked like the more efficient back in this offense. And Jeff Wilson, of course, he has that history with Mike McDaniel. He has that history with Raheem Mostert, and he has looked very good. I think he could be instantly plugged in here. So I'm not viewing this as an instant kind of, uh, you know, workhorse back being added to the Dolphins. I feel like he could be if something were to happen to Raheem Mostert. But what I expect to happen where these guys are going to be used interchangeably. Uh, you know, Jeff Wilson's going to be out there on those receiving situations where he has looked kind of deceptively good as a receiving back. But Jeff Wilson is kind of a very north and south runner. If you look at him, he might make a few cuts, but really it's more so that he is hitting a hole straight line. He's not, not going to do anything too flashy. He is going to be getting those yards after contact. He's always going to fall forward, but he's not going to be necessarily that extremely dynamic guy. If you're somebody that likes watching a running back lower his shoulder and maybe get a few yards after the catch, then you're going to like this addition of Jeff Wilson. If you're liking a running back who could go out there on an angle route and hit a nice little move and then cut it upfield, you're going to like it. But if you want somebody who's going to be hitting spin moves and bouncing left and right, then this may not be, uh, you know, the same thing of what you expect. He is not that Chase Edmonds kind of player, but he is a guy. If something were to happen to Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, I think with his experience with Mike McDaniel, could be plugged in here pretty seamlessly and be able to replicate some of that uh, efficiency. So again, if you're looking at this from the perspective of fantasy football, do I think Raheem Mostert's role has been stripped away from him? No, I still think he will get the bulk of the work here, but I do expect Jeff Wilson, whether it is in the receiving game, to be kind of utilized in that way. I do think he'll be kind of getting, you know, between five and 10 carries once he situates himself in this offense. A pretty nice little, uh, you know, not the flashiest move, but one of those ones that could pay off big throughout the course of a very long season. So to kind of segue that into uh, my next point, talking about the Dolphins game against the Detroit Lions, what an exciting game that was. This was uh, just a phenomenal outing, about as perfect of a game as you could ask for from quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, who finished this last game 29 for 36. He had 382 yards passing and three touchdowns. And, you know, uh, to kind of uh, also give credit to where it's due, there was also another play where he connected with Trent Sherfield, which also should have been a touchdown. To me, it looked like a very obvious ruling. It ended up becoming a rushing touchdown for Alec Ingold, but realistically, Tua should have had four touchdowns in this game in what was a perfect outing. If there was one play that I kind of have to pick, uh, you know, pick apart, and I really hate to even say that, and it's not the biggest of 
deals, especially when you look at it now. But there was one play where uh, Tyreek Hill beat his man kind of down the seam, and frankly, it could have been a touchdown if Tua put it in front of him, but it caused Tyreek Hill to have to make this acrobatic uh, contested catch. But realistically, when that's the only play that you could kind of say that was a massive error on the part of your quarterback, that is a phenomenal outing because as we mentioned in previous outings, Tua has kind of had that one or two just bonehead uh, kind of throws that left you scratching your head and saying, what were you doing? But on this one, just absolutely phenomenal. The placement that he had, uh, there was a touchdown that he connected uh, with Mike Gesicki uh, where he dropped it over the defender who was in the middle in between the defender that was sitting over top. Just beautifully placed there. A very hard, uh, underrated throw from Tua to connect with Gesicki on that touchdown. And then there was this one pass to Jalen Waddle. Absolute just you know, chef's kiss, just lofted it over the top, Waddle beat his man, and Tua just laid it in there perfectly in stride. It couldn't have been put there any better for the touchdown. Just a complete commanding game from Tua Tungavailoa, and I mentioned that previously about uh, the Bradley Chubb trade, but I do think this previous outing really just kind of cemented that Tua should be in all of those same conversations, the ones about Joe Burrow, the ones about Justin Hurts. Herbert, the ones about the up-and-coming uh, quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I think Tua should have uh, cemented himself with some of these performances so far this season, and if this game didn't do it, then I don't know what is uh, what else is left to say. Now, I do have to point out, though, that Tyreek Hill, what he is doing right now is absolutely preposterous. There was a graphic that was put out there after the primetime game against the Steelers, where the Dolphins came away with the win, and they elected to uh, uh, put Tyreek Hill as kind of the graphic instead of Tua and that kind of angered a lot of people but guys uh, you know don't let that uh, distract you from this season. I see a lot of people giving credit uh, credit to Tua, and he's deserving of a ton of it, but don't slight Tyreek Hill or not give him his flowers. Tyreek Hill is ridiculous this season. He is on pace for 2,000 yards, and to break the record, he has shown that he is not just a one-trick pony. He is not just a deep threat. He is making these contested catches as if he is six foot three. He is making these toe-tap catches as if he is Calvin Johnson, as if he is Julio Jones. He is dicing people up in the route running game as if he is Stephon Diggs, as if he is uh, Keenan Allen. The guy is really doing it all this season. 12 catches, 188 yards in this game. So Tyreek Hill, what he is doing, Offensive Player of the Year, it's really not even that close right now. What he is doing is just ridiculous. So I wouldn't be mad that there are people in the national media that are kind of giving credit uh, more so to Tyreek Hill. And I think as Dolphin fans, we're kind of angered because we don't see Tua getting that credit. But it's for a good reason. Tyreek Hill is ridiculous right now. Uh, and I know maybe it's due to the fact that Tyreek Hill is an established elite player in this league and people are very eager to see that Tua gets that kind of same recognition. But don't downplay. What we're seeing from Tyreek Hill so far this season is historical. The guy looks absolutely ridiculous so far this season. And on top of that, the Dolphins are in this weird predicament where they have a receiver who finishes the game with 
with eight catches, 106 yards, and two touchdowns, and he is not the best receiver in the game. What a wonderful, marvelous problem to have. Jalen Waddle, also, the guy looks phenomenal out there. I love this guy. He, uh, you know, oozes confidence. When you hear how he speaks after the game, the uplifting attitude, the guy is just having fun out there, just about as dependable as you could ask for. I know a few games back, he had that massive fumble, but what a return from Jalen Waddle. Eight catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns. The Dolphins have, I think, again, the undisputed, just most dynamic receiving group right now in football. These guys look outstanding. And even though we've kind of mentioned the woes in the secondary, when you have an offense that is able to put up points and go out there drive after drive and just impose yourself on defense, it kind of goes to show, okay, uh, the Dolphins know they can't have everything across the board be perfect. They know their offense is phenomenal. Maybe they're willing to take a little bit of a chance with their secondary getting beat on occasion because they know uh, the offense is going to go out there and light it up more often than not. So guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up today's episode. As always, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. That is at ShadySteven. If you'd like to hear more from me, again, you can follow the podcast account that is at Via the Source. Would appreciate any follows over there. Guys, as always, it was a pleasure to be your host. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso. This was Via the Source.